Hello, everyone, and welcome to our seventh edition of Ask the Atlas Society. I'm really excited um, about this one because uh, we are doing it in partnership with the Ladies of Liberty, um, who is uh, just, it's a wonderful organization all around the world uh, that, that creates community for women who are interested in advocating um, for free market ideas and individualism and, and also learning more about them. So um, today I'm going to be chatting with Holly Jean Soto, who's Manager of Outreach and Communications at Lola. Um, and uh, Holly, um, where, where are you? Uh, where am I finding you? Where, where are you in the world today? I am currently in the Orlando, Florida area. I'm about 20 minutes out from Disney World. Oh my goodness, wow. So what's it like there? It's good, um, you know, we're doing okay. It's very hot outside. <laughs> okay, and what's going on with Lola? I've been seeing a ton of activity from you guys on, on Instagram and, and elsewhere, um, a lot of teleconferencing. What's, uh, what's happening? How are you guys faring? Definitely, sure. I would love to share about Lola. And first of all, Jennifer, I just wanted to say thank you so much for having me on and we appreciate all you do at the Atlas Society. And thank you also so much for always commenting on Lola's Instagram. We get really excited. So thank you for that. Um, yes, yeah, so for our viewers who are unfamiliar with Lola, um, Lola is a small nonprofit based in Washington, D.C. We were established in 2009 and our mission is to educate and empower women in the liberty movement. So we exist to address the shortage of women in the liberty movement. You know, research shows that libertarian women feel the most alone in their philosophy than any other. And this proves to be true not only in the US, but across the globe, that's what we're finding. So we have had women come to us wanting to start a chapter um, from countries throughout Latin America, countries throughout Africa, South Asia, whether it's because they've attended a libertarian conference and found that they're one of the few women in attendance or have had experiences being talked over or feel like the liberty movement isn't very women friendly or there are women who don't come from these experiences and overall they're looking to start a Lola social chapter to build a community of like-minded women and to use their chapter as a place to spread the ideas of liberty to new women in their city. Um, so when I first started with Lola three years ago, um, at that time we were only in two countries and I am beyond thrilled to say that today we are now in 20 countries and still growing. So we have over 55 chapters reaching over 2000 women and during this time of the global pandemic, Lola's are still remaining connected. Um, they're getting very creative in the types of events that they're hosting virtually. So they've had different events from experts coming in, speaking about the truths and myths of feminism, engaging in virtual happy hours, doing virtual yoga classes to help with the stress during this time, doing virtual reading groups where Lola's are reading Milton Friedman together or Mises. Um, so there's so many different types of events taking place across the globe right now. And also on top of that, um, for the first time, Lola is hosting regional webinars. So we're actually having a webinars that coming up this month hosted by Latin America and the other hosted by Lola Africa. So there's so many things happening across the globe and I would encourage our viewers 
you know, if they would like to get connected with Lola to follow us and check us out on our Instagram. And our handle is at Ladies of Liberty. Well, I, uh, I, I applaud what you're doing. I think it's so important. And I, you know, there sometimes is a little bit of pushback um, from some libertarians when you talk, when I have talked in the past about the need to um, focus specifically on women because they're like, well, no, that's a group and we must only talk about individuals. And I said, you know, let's talk about growing the liberty movement. Um, and even if the liberty movement is always gonna be mostly men, or even if your objective was to just recruit more men into the liberty movement, a really good way would be to get a few more women in the liberty movement as well, because men uh, like women. So, and I hope that you'll include one uh, woman in particular in your in your reading club, which of course is Ayn Rand, who um, is a great. Uh, example of someone who overcame so many um, obstacles in her life to pursue her uh, own American dream, but also who populated her literature with so many strong um, female heroines that I think can really be um, role models for for us, particularly in these times. So I understand you have a few okay. questions about um, Ayn Rand and objectivism, so fire away. Yes, definitely. I've had the opportunity to chat with some Lola leaders across the globe, get an idea of what they're going through during this time. So these are the questions that we came up with. Um, so to start off, I would really love to ask you, a lot of Lolas are students whose schooling is now shifted because of the global pandemic. They are experiencing things like delayed graduations, classes being canceled, delays in their career goals. It's really easy to give into hopelessness during this time. So how can Rand's virtue of optimism help them at this time? It's a great question. Um, so while Ayn Rand didn't speak specifically of optimism as a virtue, she did talk about something called uh, the benevolent universe, which holds that happiness is possible if you accept reality and you logically pursue goals that are in your self-interest and you do so with dogged um, determination. So when Rand uh, said that failure, loss, suffering are not important, what she meant was that um, knowledge, success, happiness should be your goals and that you can and that you should pursue them. Um, bewilderment, failure, suffering uh, was not is not what life um, is about, according to Ayn Rand. And that outlook was, I thought, um, most eloquently per portrayed in the passage um, from Atlas Shrugged when uh, Dagny, who I know also has special um, meaning for the, the ladies at Lola, uh, talked about dealing with the pain of um, surviving this um, uh, loss of a relationship with Francisco. And um, she said, she described it as such, she survived it, she was able to survive it because she did not believe in suffering. She faced with astonished indignation the ugly fact of feeling pain, but she refused to let it matter. Suffering was a senseless accident it was not a part of life as she saw it, and she would not allow pain to become important. Um, and that, 
attitude is described as a benevolent sense of life. Uh, happiness and success are possible when you focus on yourself, uh, you focus what's in your control, and you act on it. Now, if you're focusing constantly on others, um, comparing yourself to others, um, concerning yourself overly with what they think of you, I promise you, you're not going to be happy. But um, if you do focus on uh, what is, um, also if you focus on the bad news, if you focus on you know just the bad headlines, you can get discouraged and feel uh, vulnerable and that will shrink you know your sort of sense of agency that that you know patch of brown on which you you stand and um and you'll be less empowered to take those actions however small you know they might be that will build your self-esteem and build your character and ultimately um you know build a better life to me it's summed up in the attitude that uh, Ayn Rand used when she said, never think of pain and suffering uh, or danger or enemies a moment longer than are needed to, um, to fight them. So, um, so Rand saw you know, calamities and disasters as the exception and you know, not the, uh, the normal to be expected. And certainly we're living through a calamity right now. Um, but I guess I would say that while we shouldn't go around, you know, expecting calamity at every turn, uh, this is not the first calamity that you um, and that the individuals who are members of uh, Lola will endure. There will be others, and whether or not they are a pandemic, or whether they are an economic collapse, or whether they are um, a natural disaster, or whether your house burns down, or whether um, you lose someone you love, or whether you uh, get fired. Um, these are other these are other losses that are going to come along in life, and um, what you do right now. Uh, can be practice for um, having that benevolent sense of life, building those virtues, that sense of agency, um, and that that kind of character and resilience, so that when they come, you know they can you'll you'll deal with them and you'll have confidence that you'll find a way to be resourceful and you'll deal with them. And I think that that will just build a, a better sense of of serenity and uh, and self esteem. Most definitely, thank you. Yes, I definitely think during this time, uh, pessimism is a self-defeating attitude. Um, I wanted to also ask you, this has become a time of helping others. Lola's are looking for ways to help others, whether in their chapters or their cities. So how does objectivism work in caring for or taking care of the needs of others? Well, uh, that's a good question. Um, you know, when, Ayn Rand talked about the virtue of selfishness. Uh, I think it was ultimately an unfortunate um, choice of words because selfishness is conventionally understood to be um, that person, and we all know someone like them who, you know, takes the last cookie without asking whether or not someone else would like it, um, or who's always asking for favors but never returning them. Uh, or who is you know always talking about themselves, never asking about you. Um, nobody likes that person, you know. Uh, nobody 
goes out of their way to help that person. Uh, nobody wants to work with that person. So while that person, you know, may have acted in their, um, you know, may have acted selfishly, they did not act in their long-term uh, rational self-interest because, you know, they, they got a reputation for being the kind of person that is not a good trading partner. Um, objectivists, and I, I'd say uh, open objectivists in particular, are constantly on, on the lookout for ways to, to help other people. Um, we're entrepreneurs, okay? That's, that's what an open objectivist is, sort of a social entrepreneur. So, um, so we are always looking for partnerships um, and, uh, and we are finding ways to creatively meet the needs of others. Um, but we're doing them th that in a way that is not, you know, a, a sacrifice of ourselves. Um, these are times when needs are unlimited, you know, more than ever. Uh, resources, now again, more than ever, are limited. So um, you, you, you can't fulfill all needs. You, you have to, to choose what needs you're going to fulfill, and you have to understand why uh, you want to fulfill those needs. And uh, it should always be a choice. And it should be a choice in your self-interest, and it should not be um, a sacrifice. I'll give you an example from what is happening in my life right now, okay? So um, there were some people from New York who really needed to get out in New York, who really wanted to get out in New York, um, and they, uh, they needed a place to stay in California. Well, um, I... Um, I need the income, the extra income. We've, we're all taking pay cuts here at um, the Atlas Society. I'm, I'm sure, I'm assuming that is, that is the norm across um, the, the philanthropic space. So I, you know, I needed the income. So we found a way for me to creatively meet the, their needs and for me to creatively get my needs met. Now, um, it wasn't a sacrifice, it was a win-win. Uh, although on some days it feels a little bit more like a sacrifice, but um, you know, I could have done something else. I could have made another choice. I could have said, well, uh, you know, yes, you need the house, but there are other people that need it more. You know, uh, I could have turned my house into a homeless shelter. Um, I could have turned my house into a, you know, just made it available for any, you know, first responder free of charge. And um, in terms of the moral code of altruism, that would have been seen as um, perhaps, you know, a great, a great virtue. Uh, but in, in doing so, um, I would have definitely put myself second. I would have not been able to meet, uh, you know, my financial obligations. I would have ignored the um, responsibility of, of saving for my future for a time when I may not have a job, or where my, my parents may, may need me more. So, um, so I, I, you know, I think that we need to talk about creatively meeting the needs of others and which needs and who decides. Do, do we decide as individuals which needs we're going to, to meet? Or, you know, uh, do we just use the, um, the ideology of need and the code that anyone's need is a obligation on somebody else's ability? And is that the kind of, you know, politics that, that we pursue? And we found that whenever you know, we, we do that, it's a, it's a disaster.
Yeah, most definitely. And I, I love what you said. And I think because we are free to choose, what we do is up to us. There are things that we can do that are in our control at this time. Um, speaking further to this being a time where we can help others, and you touched a little bit on this, what would you say to critics of objectivism? Specifically, can objectivism yield better results than altruism can in the form of helping others? Um, yes, because we've seen that, you know, um, if you are believing that your highest moral calling is to be, to suffer you know, to sacrifice yourself. Um, first of all, you're not even going to be around very long to creatively, you know, meet the needs of others. So you do need to take care of yourself first. Mm -hmm. I mean, even when you're like in a plane and, you know, you, you hit a flock of birds and, uh, you know, you're in a real crisis, they, they do specifically tell you to put, you know, your own uh, oxygen mask on before you it can um you know do that for for your child and for others for others around you and i i think that it's it's very important for us particularly as women you know whether we are just wired um to be nurturers or we are also raised um to varying degrees in different cultures around the world to be told that we uh you know we should be subservient we should um be putting other people before ourselves that uh, it's, it's really important to reject that um, on a personal level and to stand up for our right to pursue our um, happiness. And, um, and then also to just point out that every time it's been tried um, throughout history, uh, altruism in terms of um, whether it's central planning, government knows best, who needs what, uh, or redistribution, well, these people really need it, so these people don't need it so much, so we're gonna take it from them and give it to, to, to them. Um, it always destroys value, it just destroys uh, incentives, it destroys um, ambition, it destroys creativity, and, and those are the true uh, source of progress in human existence. So, um, so I would say that, that yes, you know, uh, objectivism, which um, comes with dealing with reality, thinking logically about um, your life, uh, acting in your, your rational, benevolent self-interest, um, and uh, that that is a much better way of, uh, of dealing with crises um, or just with, you know, uh, the, the need to work together to have a flourishing, uh, a flourishing family, a flourishing community, um, and a um, a flourishing society. Most definitely. And speaking even further into this, how can self-interested individuals help us fight the global pandemic during this time? Um, well, I am seeing it all around uh, around us, all around me. I have um, friends and, and we have donors who are working around the clock right now um, to find vaccines to find cures. Um, they are doing it uh, in their own rational self-interest, um, not just because, you know, when we do have these breakthroughs, there's going to be uh, a tremendous, you know, economic demand and a tremendous profit for these, um, these inventions, 
um, but because they are uh, men and women who uh, are leading a life of purpose and that is what makes them happy and they're pursuing those careers. I'm seeing it again in, in friends and, and people within our community who are funding those ventures, okay? So those are uh, the people who founded hedge funds. Those are the people who founded venture uh, capital funds. Those are the people who, who have um, uh, various kinds of um, private equity funds that are, that are putting the money into that. And um, they are investing obviously heavily in not just uh, uh, cures and, and vaccines that, that will help us deal with this uh, pandemic, but also in the kinds of, of technologies like um, artificial intelligence and virtual reality and uh, telework, uh, telemedicine platforms that, uh, you know, if successfully brought to market, um, and whether, you know, um, put out in, in terms of a, a public offering or, or held privately, there'll be a tremendous profit to them. Um, and uh, all, there will also be a tremendous benefit uh, to, to, to us, to, to society um, from these, these inventions. We've seen it throughout history time, you know, and time again, that, that all of these diseases, uh, all of these human limitations have been um, over, overcome by men of business, by men of science, by, by men and women um, of reason, self-interest and achievement. Definitely, I think that's well said. And in closing, I would really love to ask you, Lola's have been spending more time reading while others are spending more time watching TV. So I wanted to ask you which book from Rand would you recommend and which of the movies? Well, I, um, I, I, it really depends on the individual. Um, if you are a nonfiction reader, you know, I, I might recommend uh, uh, Return of the Primitive, but um, I, I suspect a lot of the ladies, uh, like myself, are more fiction fans. And um, look, if you haven't read Atlas Shrugged, now's the time to do it. And mm -hmm. you can do it on audio, but I mean, you, you owe it to yourself and you, you owe it to you know your your fellow women in your community to understand why the founder of your organization named her daughter Dagny. So mm -hmm. you know if you haven't read Atlas Shrugged yet, shame on you. Um, or rather, I, I I wish I could be in your position because then I could be going on that adventure you know for for the first time. But um, it'll be a lot of fun. But again, you know if you, you work for someone who's that book was that important to her, it would be a smart thing to do work-wise just, just to read the book. Um, but uh, also, you could read this, um, and we'd be happy to get you guys a copy of it. And that um, is, is a really short, fun read, which is um, Ayn Rand's Anthem, which we put into a, um, a graphic novel format. Um, and you might also want to read uh, We the Living, which um, was the most autobiographical of, of Rand's um, of, of Rand's novels. It was the first of her novels, and it was also, um, it, it, the only thing I would warn you is it, it did not have the same kind of benevolent sense of life because it was set in the situation in which she found herself in totalitarian Russia, uh, in which, you know, um, uh, it was very difficult to be, to be a hero because, um, you know, the state controlled so much of, of what uh, what you were able to do. And it did not, you know, bring out the best in people. 
it did not bring up investing people. So it's a little bit more depressing. But I also kind of feel like it's it's kind of um, ran at um, she was she was just beginning to develop her talents. So you know it's uh, it's interesting to see her writing and her mind at work in sort of a less um, stylized, systematic uh, format. But but I'm also I'm also watching um, some fun stuff on television. Um, I'm I'm watching uh, Self Made, which is a Netflix series, um, which I think the ladies of Liberty would enjoy, because it is about uh, a a woman who um, whose parents were born into slavery. She uh, grew up partially in slavery, and here in the United States, and went on to become um, a huge entrepreneur. Uh, wealthiest uh, African American woman certainly um, in history, and um, and that was also inspiring. And then also on the depressing side was was Waco, um, which uh, you know I, I think is a good counterbalance to these times when you know we're said we're told well, government is going to solve everything and government has our best interests in heart at heart. Um, and, and we can see how, in fact, uh, you know, government, large, bigger the government, the more it sort of takes on a, a life of its own and uh, literally uh, rolls over um, the, the, the rights of, of individuals and, um, and families. And so it's, it's always better to try to solve what you can, where you can, um, with the least amount of government intervention and the most amount of personal agency. Most definitely. Well, thank you so much, Jennifer, for taking the time to answer these questions. Oh, it was a lot of fun. Sorry for the technical difficulties, but, but we'll get them worked out. No worries. Thank you.